This episode is brought to you by the Grace Enough podcast, where host Amber Cullum and her guests delve into hard truths and the unwavering grace of God while journeying in the kingdom of God here on earth. Listen every week at graceenoughpodcast.com or on your favorite listening app. Welcome to The Table Podcast, where we discuss issues of God and culture. Brought to you by Dallas Theological Seminary. Hi, everyone, and welcome to This or Table Podcast, where we discuss issues of God and culture. I'm Millicent Pipkin. I'm a communications fellow at the Hendricks Center. And my name is Kimberly Cook, and I'm the assistant director here at the Hendricks Center. And today, we are going to be discussing the ministry that we see women doing in Scripture. Now, that's a little bit of a unique way of saying it, and we'll unpack it in a second. But first, we're going to introduce those who had that observation. And um, they are distinguished guests that we're thrilled to have. Sue Edwards is an author and the professor emeritus of educational ministries and leadership here at DTS. Welcome, Thank you for inviting me. I can't wait to get into this very interesting conversation. <laughs> we're thrilled to have you here. And then we're also joined by Kelly Matthews, who is also an author and is a writer at Right Now Media. Mm-hmm. So welcome, Kelly. We're Thank thrilled you. to have you here, too. This is great. Awesome. So there is a lot of conversation uh, surrounding the role of minis- women in ministry all over, <laughs> all over yes. evangelicalism, all over everywhere. <laughs> yes. Um, and whether, where there are or are not appropriate lines and all of that. And it is a super worthwhile conversation and one that I am sure we are going to be walking along today. But we, our heart with this podcast, and I guess I should say and, not but, and mm. our heart with this podcast is to really let ourselves hear and praise the Lord for the ministries of the women in the Bible mm-hmm. and um, looking at their presence there as ministry and looking at what they are actually doing. And um, I'm so excited about that because I feel like it doesn't get highlighted very mm. often. And I am thrilled that you guys have had this observation and done some really deep (laughs) study and deep diving into this. And so we're thrilled to have you um, bringing kind of a spotlight to that in this way. And we're thankful for your ministry. Absolutely. And with that in mind, that's I love how you just colored all of that in. I couldn't think of two better women to be sitting at the table actually could here at this seminary. <laughs> think of a lot of women who could do it. Um, but with you and the research that the two of you did in order to put together this literary work that you're we're going to kind of briefly talk mm-hmm. about a little bit in our discussion today, what were you thinking of when you were going and diving into this, doing something for women? ministry, and what were you hoping that would come out of it in your research? I would say that we wanted more than anything to give women a resource that was deep but concise, where they could actually get into the issues for themselves, and we did our best to make it very readable, understandable for the average woman. There are that many books that people normally read on this topic, Mm -hmm. and yet we know that the average woman in the church and even outside the church is not going to read that many books. So we were so excited to try and take all of that and 
Condense it. Yeah, concise, concise is the word that we're going yes, for. Yes, yes. I don't know how well we did it in certain chapters, but <laughs> right. And honestly, it's not just for women. It's yes, for that's the right. Entire church. Yes, it uh, is because there are a lot of pastors who are trying to figure this out. And, yes, uh, and giving them uh, a concise resource that says, "Hey, here are the questions that are." really common. Uh, we even got these questions from Facebook. Like, mm-hmm. Tell us what you want to know. Mm-hmm. And we pulled mm-hmm. it all together and made these mm-hmm. up. So uh, giving them both sides, like here are the major arguments uh, that conservatives and liberals, or however you want to call them, the different names, um, this is how they come to conclusions. Mm-hmm. So now people know how to study for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, we're hoping that it's a really useful tool. I love that because like you're saying, it's not even just for women because I think mm-hmm. We talked a lot about that a lot here at the center and about when you're talking about women's issues, it feels like you only get women usually mm-hmm. at the table yes. talking about it. And um, which, you know, is ironic because here we are. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> right. but in defense of uh, our brothers in the church who are also kind of trying to work through it and mm-hmm. think through oh, it, yeah. they also sometimes don't have time or mm-hmm. the energy yes. to sort through all of those books. And so having yeah. this kind of resource is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sue had to rein me in a little bit. There oh, were, really? There were I was wondering who the concise problem was going to be with <laughs> you. It was more the um, <laughs> academic. Like oh, I, yeah. was, I was writing on a higher academic level. Yes, I had like, to bring no. her in. So wait a minute. You had to bring the editor, reel her in? Yeah, Oh, use regular words. Use regular words. <laughs> yep. That's not our audience. And trying yeah. to make deep theology understandable. Yeah. Accessible. Mm. It's, Accessible, it's understandable mm-hmm. for, because this is such an important topic. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. actually, I, t- I said to somebody, this, this affects 50% of the church, and I had a a student say to me, no, it affects 100% mm-hmm. of the church. Mm-hmm. That's good. And I thought, she's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love this because, you know, you could say it speaks to women um, in, in ministry, you know, to women. But when you say it's broader because it's the church, and it just speaks to that's what a ministry does, right? It speaks mm-hmm. to the church. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit yeah. moves. And it teaches the church, by and large, if mm-hmm. you're allowing the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to hear, see, do what it is that mm-hmm. God has put in you to be able Able to embrace, mm-hmm. you know, and so I love that that response, Kelly. When mm-hmm. you're saying that, when you were doing um, this, and and when you're doing work, period, uh, really, what is it that you um, discover about women? I mean, there's a like probably a, a new discovery, mm-hmm. I'm sure, mm-hmm. as we discover ourselves, mm-hmm. as we discover others. What is that? What does that look mm-hmm. like for you all, having done the the deep dive, as Kim mm-hmm. just mentioned? Mm-hmm. You know, as I was thinking. Honestly, I loved I knew I knew some things about the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. But I think for her and then other women as well, I getting into them in a in a in a really deep and concise way, I see so many times that women are really not they're categorized in ways that are not true. She, it's a beautiful story of a woman who probably was uh, one of the first evangelists, the woman at the well, Mm -hmm. who is so misunderstood. It's very likely that if we don't know, you know, we take all of these other texts and we look at the background and we look at the culture, and, and DTS is really known for that. 
And yet, it seems that often when we look at someone like the woman at the well, mm-hmm. where we don't actually look at what, what could her life really have been like, and, and we see that she likely could have been married very young, that women were married at um, 12, 13 years of age, possibly right at the time of puberty. Uh, we see that probably to an older man, and people didn't live as long, she could have been widowed. She could have been widowed a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And she, if she was not fertile, she could have also been left by... Mm-hmm. Another man. There are so many possibilities, and uh-huh. it's so interesting that she, that Jesus doesn't say to her like he did the woman who was taken in adultery. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say, go and sin no more. Mm-hmm. Now, we're all sinners, and I'm sure she was a sinner, but to label her as the quintessential bad girl of the Bible, mm-hmm. which we often do, is really, if you go to the rest of it and you notice that when she went back to the town, they believed her. She had respect. She (laughs) had respect. And you also notice that Jesus starts then teaching the disciples about evangelism. And I'm wondering if he doesn't just point to her (laughs) as the example. Yeah. And instead, she's often approached as like a literary device. In like exegeting the, the teaching of scripture and yes. that kind of thing, you know, but like she's not even recognized sometimes as a, a person who had oh, a ministry, yes, you know, and that kind no. of thing. Yeah, and yeah. the early church, no, has a, and yeah. and she she did. I mean, hmm. think of the the gutsiness of her and the passion going to back to the village mm-hmm. and telling everybody. Mm-hmm. And and so passionate, they believed her, and they and they run to see what's happening, mm-hmm. and yeah. and you wonder, wouldn't it be wonderful to know more about her mm-hmm. after that? Yeah. And, and to think that he actually intentionally made his way there, right, mm-hmm. to a woman, to a Samaritan. So you have racial issues, you have gender issues. He went out of mm-hmm. his way. Hmm. To make that conversation to make happen. that conversation mm-hmm. happen, mm-hmm. and that that makes it should make everyone realize that the value that Jesus brought to women. Hmm. Yeah, you know, there are over forty times that Jesus interacts with women in the new in in the Gospels. Cool. You are just full of information. (laughs) Well, it is very exciting when you think about all of the women, and Mm -hmm. then you think about the culture and Mm -hmm. how... And that was part of the fun. What stood out to you, Kelly? That was part of the fun of researching, because I'm in history, uh, and backgrounds are really interesting to me. So knowing, okay, are we treating these characters, these people, fairly? Have our traditional understandings um, really looked at the whole picture. And so in that example, we think not. We think she's just been labeled, and then that's it. Uh, So I was thinking of women from the Old Testament, um, and it's been a few years, so I can't say that the research for this book was like the first time I ever heard of them, but uh, Huldah was a prophet, a prophetess. Um, And so there is an argument that I feel like is super foolish, but it's out there, of uh, God only chooses women when there's no good man around. Mm -hmm. And that's prevalent in certain circles, even today. Uh, But Huldah 
I mean, you only see her if you're reading in Second Kings. Like, who really reads Second Kings really closely, right, <laughs> these days? Um, but she was there in the time of Jeremiah and Isaiah. And they weren't out of town. <laughs> <laughs> so you go, well, then why did the, the court officials go to her? Well, we don't know why, mm-hmm. but obviously she had respect. And so mm-hmm. even just this small little story that is truly about the rediscovery of the law and how the king turned the nation around by becoming faithful, she has a major role to play by saying, thus saith the Lord, this is God's word. Mm-hmm. And they listen. So... Really, she has spiritual authority, and that's kind of a, a new way of thinking mm-hmm. about women in the Bible. So what other Old Testament women stood out to you? Let's not go Proverbs 31, woman. That's who I was thinking of, actually. I'm thinking of any but, other, like... Like Deborah? female prophets, well, yeah, Deborah, or, Deborah, yeah, certainly. As, she was uh, major. She was major, and, and we. She has been called, and so is Hulda, a breakout, mm-hmm. <laughs> because it doesn't fit with a lot of pe- they a mm-hmm. lot of people's yeah. preconceptions. Preconceptions, but some of the this was another. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she there were no men. Or, there were well, you know, God can raise up a donkey. <laughs> he, he to speak. He, right. I, I just cannot believe yeah. that 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 there were no men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I can't but it says that she was a judge and she was um, how many years? Yeah. Many twenty. I don't was remember how 20, many years was it 20? she was. It twenty or forty? Her, I don't remember her. Um, I don't remember how long she actually lived and ruled. But because of her ministry, they had peace for forty years. Forty years. So that That's was a right. Generational. Think thing. about. And yeah. she was one of the judges. There were a bunch of them yeah. that yeah. weren't that great. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of my yeah. favorite things with her was that um, she was a judge and a prophet. And the only other ones that we see with both of those terms mm-hmm. are Moses and Samuel. Samuel. And yeah. so she's somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle to early end of the judging, judges period. Mm-hmm. And there are no others. And, you know, when after Deborah's two chapters, she gets a ton of space. If you look through the mm-hmm. judges, you see how much. I think Gideon's the only one who gets that kind of comparable space. And it's From all, an editor. That's, that's there you what, go. Do you, what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. Like, you're like, listen, this is a word count. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and it's all positive. There's not a negative thing that's said about right. her. And yeah. all the other judges, there's some negativity yeah. going on. Yeah. You know, even poor mm. Samuel, he's not a great dad. You know, otherwise mm-hmm. he's wonderful. Uh, so yeah, so mm-hmm. that was kind of one of those things I learned. I was like, oh, I always knew she was a great judge and she led this battle with Barack and all that, but I didn't until this time of really digging in, notice the dual nature of her and that, leadership. And that's really, that's that is very important. Mm-hmm. And and some say that she actually just judged in private. Well, mm-hmm. that's silly. I mean, really. <laughs> Didn't it say she sat at a tree? And uh, they yes. Came to her? Central Israel. And all, of these, all these people <laughs> came to her just yeah. like mm-hmm. they did for any, any judge. Mm-hmm. And... And to say that she didn't spek publicly right. that entire is time is really reading into scripture yeah. and and it it's it's just kind of illogical. I feel like the studies that and we're not the only ones who have studied this just to be fair, but oh, just yeah. given yeah. that we've mm-hmm. spent a few years mm-hmm. looking into them, uh, we have seen the preconceptions that people bring to the text. 
yeah. uh, over the years. So if you don't think a woman can lead, you're not going to think Deborah's really a normal judge, you know, or that maybe mm-hmm. she did it in private. You're coming with an idea of mm-hmm. what that's supposed to look like instead of looking at the text. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So can I can I push on that for one second? Uh-huh. I'm not going to push on it. I'm going to ask. Sure. <laughs> so what might be, because we're talking about, women in scripture and we're referencing it as their presence there as ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, so what about those who might say that we ourselves are doing that? So we're coming with our preconceptions. We all have them. We all I are. know that's, that's actually what I'm trying yes. to surface yeah. and yes. like, and, and at least acknowledge. Yes, <laughs> right. absolutely. So, yes. yes. And we wouldn't deny that. Yeah. yeah. When I say yeah. that the, the folks who look at Deborah are coming with those, they're coming without looking at the scripture and being willing to be taught differently. Does okay. that make sense? And everybody does it. That's the thing. And we call it in, in our book, uh, thinking evangelastically. It's, it's a made-up word. It's a made-up <laughs> word, but it, it, it's, it stretches in order to – we need to come to each text honestly as best we can. Now, we all have our biases, mm-hmm. and we need to fess up to those and know that. But if something is not in the text at all, um, and I'll give you an example. Yeah, I was going to ask All right. One. So we say that um, <laughs> if, if a woman was a uh, – if, if the church met in her home, then she must have led the church. Well, I don't – it doesn't say that, no. and I think that's a stretch. And I think every to, all everybody needs to come to this with an open mind, an open heart, open eyes, and not come with with making it fit a preconceived mm-hmm. agenda mm-hmm. or a or a a we have this 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 pattern that we have to fit everything into. Honestly, mm-hmm. when I look at all of these different women and all these different scenarios, I kind of come out sometimes on one and mm-hmm. sometimes on the other. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we're we just want to try to f- be honest mm-hmm. and and be open and and look at it for what's really there. Mm-hmm. And if we would all do that, I think we might not fight so much I was over this. Say, well, I we wouldn't be that. so mean about it. We, and we wouldn't be mean yeah. about yeah. it and call yeah. people names yeah. and impugn their motives. Impugn their mm-hmm. motives, the mm-hmm. things that we do to each other um, and in the middle of mm-hmm. all the crazy things going on, and, mm-hmm. and we're doing that to each other. It's yeah. just. It's ungodly. It, it, it's not right. It, it really well. It, the thing is, it hurts the cause hurts. of Jesus. Right. Yes. What we're yeah. really about is everybody, mm-hmm. uh, men and women, are so desperate for the Lord, and it, when, and that's all we focus on. It just yeah. the divisiveness just makes me sad. Well, yeah. you know, we're all products of Dallas Theological Seminary, mm-hmm. um, and so. Part of the motto here is to teach truth and to love well. And so I'm loving that you ladies are doing that, but then you're speaking to that, the love well part. And how are we doing that when we are being divisive? Mm -hmm. It's it's Mm -hmm. just not representative of Jesus, as you mentioned, as Christian. Let me speak into that real quick. Um, I had a church call me a few months ago and say, hey, could you come talk to our group that we're wrestling with this issue 
Um, and we we're just trying to get different perspectives. So come talk to us about your book and, and Good. Q&A. And so I kind of walked in there going, this could get really ugly or we'll see. Right. And it turned out to be wonderful. But what I love so much about the experience is that this group, they come from all different variety of thought and background and they are together. They're united. I mean, they have their disagreements. Right. Mm-hmm. But they are at peace with one another and they're looking at all options, mm. right? And they're trying to discern what does the Bible tell us? Mm. Uh, and so the idea of we come to the conversation with charity, thinking that I'm looking at your best motives. I'm expecting mm-hmm. the best out of each other, not automatically thinking the worst. And that's the only way you can really have a conversation mm-hmm. about this. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've mentioned some women that you talk about in the book, but I'm just curious about Old Testament women that you mm-hmm. personally may resonate with or someone who sticks out to you just kind of personally going forward before we get to the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Anybody? Really, um, I think we've hit on the ones that yeah. I... Well, that's fine. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. You, go, you got okay, another okay. one. I'm gonna okay. Go I'm going to go back to Moses. And um, again, nothing, I don't even know if we wrote much about him, but uh, his early life was saved by a bunch of women. Mm-hmm. So he's, you've got the two midwives, right, in the early, was that Exodus 1, uh, where they save his life by lying to, the, to, to Pharaoh and his officials. His mother, who sneaks him around and, you know, as long as she can, mm-hmm. she's nursing him. And then his sister. Okay, so he's surrounded by women who birthed him and fed him and saved him and watched over him. And, and so, were insanely and, brave. Ex- like and his then mom's daughter. Yes. His mom sets her baby right. yeah. on a river. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. his sends since a eight year old little girl or however old she was. Like, right. Potentially with like yeah. wild animals and yeah. all of that follows yeah. Like, that's pretty yeah. incredible. Yeah, and then <laughs> Pharaoh's daughter, I forgot her. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so it, she's this a woman too. There's a full circle. <laughs> yeah. Who, and yeah. then even later in life, his wife, mm-hmm. Sephora. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. That's she, a crazy story. Yeah. That's a crazy story. Mm-hmm. she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I like that. that mm-hmm. I've never thought of that I hadn't either. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's all there. There was a lot of love for him yeah. from women who who were very instrumental, yeah, very brave in saving his life. This episode is brought to you by the Grace Enough podcast. I am its host, Amber Cullum. Each week, I sit down with a guest to discuss hard truths and the unwavering grace of God they've experienced while journeying in God's kingdom here on earth. You'll hear from guests like Jen Wilkin, Jamie Ivey, Andy Crouch, and Scott McKnight. Listen to these conversations and more by searching Grace Enough Podcast on your favorite listening app or by visiting graceenoughpodcast.com. So that would kind of, I think, bring us to, if we were even going in order here, to the Proverbs 31 woman. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Let it rip, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so let's talk okay. about Okay, talk Proverbs about 30... the Proverbs 31 yeah. woman. Well, first of all, she's not a real person. Yeah. And that is so, so very helpful. Refreshing. Very refreshing. <laughs> she is not a real person. She is the quintessential king's... M- Wife and actually, King Lemuel, who wrote this, learned it from his mother. It's really his mother's idea of Mm -hmm. what her 
best daughter-in-law would be. And, and we, there's so much distortion that has come from this, mm -hmm. this, this section of this ending of Proverbs where there would be people who say, well, all women then need to be married. Mm -hmm. All women need to have children. All women. And, but that's not what the Scripture says. The Scripture, and it's wonderful. I'm, a, mm -hmm. I, I'm married. I have kids. I have grandkids. I love them dearly. But the Scripture actually holds that singleness is also an honorable estate. Mm -hmm. and, and so when we take that woman and, and we put her up as a model for every woman, we, it doesn't fit, first of all. And she's also an aristocrat with a bunch of maids. <laughs> a lot of privilege. A lot of privilege. Nice. <laughs> and and mm -hmm. even in the midst of that, she is a business. She's an honorable woman, but she's in a particular cultural setting. Mm -hmm. And so it's the kind of thing that we always need to do when we do scripture is we, we, we pick out principles. Now, there are wonderful principles in there. Her 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 main loyalty is to God. She does honor and she 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 makes sure that her children and her husband are respected and loved and taken care of, which any woman who's married mm -hmm. need that is absolutely Appropriate. Appropriate. Yeah. We all. It's a beautiful mm -hmm. picture. She also works very hard, and she mm -hmm. has. She almost. You think she has a belt factory, and she's. <laughs> she's all. She's got all kinds of projects yes. going, and so she. It, it it to take her and make her the woman that every woman has to be like, which is what some have mm -hmm. done with yeah. this, and then and then to set her on this high. You know, she's impossible. Nobody likes her. Nobody <laughs> likes her because she's mm -hmm. just a beautiful picture of wisdom. Right, 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 right. I was hoping and, you were going to go there. <laughs> yeah, and we all want to mm -hmm. follow that. But it, it doesn't mean that every one of us has to be every one of those every things. Every one of those yeah. things. And, and mm -hmm. God doesn't actually, I mean, our highest calling for each of us is to be a disciple of Christ. Mm -hmm. Amen. To look like Christ. Mm -hmm. that's to look like, like Christ. Like, yeah. Yes, yeah. that is our calling, <laughs> yeah. and that's our first calling. Yeah. Every single one of us. Some women discern that they want to invest their entire life doing that because we all know from Corinthians that if you don't, you're going to have other issues. Life's going to get complicated. Now, you can choose that. It's wonderful. It's honorable. Mm -hmm. It's a lovely way to spend your mm -hmm. life if mm -hmm. that's what you choose. But it isn't necessarily what every single woman yeah. needs to do. Yeah, I, I think of Proverbs 31 as a list of qualities. Like, isn't yes. most of Proverbs about character? Yes. And that's what we're looking at. And I would say even men are supposed to read that, not mm -hmm. as a, this is the kind of woman I want to marry, but as the kind of person I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. So just a note, you don't have to be Proverbs 31 woman because it's a poem. <laughs> that's right. And it's not a real person. Right. Not a real person. Yes. 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 Wait, but that's to what be. my Bible bookmarks. Oh, no. no. <laughs> well. Here, I'll give you a couple. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. So New Testament. Okay. Oh, sorry. Um, so New Testament. Mary and Martha. Are like two very 
key women mm. in the New Testament like accounts of Jesus and yeah God, everybody knows him mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I, we've all or not some generations but at least my generation and up have seen like the flannel graphs of Mary <laughs> um, so to me and at times I think especially the one account where Mary is with Jesus and Martha's like mm-hmm. preparing the food yeah. and that kind of thing it seems like maybe they have two different ministries mm-hmm. uh in scripture and what what are y'all's takes on Mary and Martha's ministries? You could do a dissertation about yeah. this. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm sure. So this is just me personally. Um, I don't know that they're really all that different because uh, there are actually two scenes where they really mm-hmm. show up mm-hmm. together. Uh, that the famous one where Mary sits at Jesus' feet as a, a disciple, like any of the men did, and Jesus blessed her for that and was like, don't take that away from her. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean Martha didn't listen, right? It's, it's just that she had gifts and a responsibility that she felt for the whole hospitality side of things. Um, and she was just having a rough day, I think, with all these people who showed up. <laughs> yeah. So maybe she wanted some help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but if we look at, is it John 11 or 12? I forget where Lazarus, Lazarus. has died. Mm-hmm. Who shows up first as Jesus approaches? Martha. Mm-hmm. And she comes to him and she's like... Where have you been? If you had come, he would have lived. So she has faith. And then, you know, he was like, what the? <laughs> and, and he weeps with her. And then she makes this declaration mm-hmm. of, you are the Christ, the Son of God. Mm-hmm. I know you are. And he's like, I'm the resurrection. She mm-hmm. knows her theology mm-hmm. just like Mary does. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. so we just don't see it in these two little pericopies. Yes. Yeah. And so I really don't like the way that Generally, it has been divided so harshly. They're both amazing. So how would you mm-hmm. characterize those ministries? Like, declarative? Like, like you know, like, how would you, like, they're both disciples? You know what I mean? I, oh, just yeah. kind of digging oh, yeah. into what is, oh, it, yes. how, what is it that they were doing as they were ministering in Scripture and in the life and ministry. Well, they were friends. They, yeah, were, they, they were, were they good were. friends of mm-hmm. Jesus. They shared life with him. They shared life mm-hmm. with him. And he was in their home often. Mm-hmm. And they were both um, godly women. Uh, I think you know, mm-hmm. she, Martha was just a little bit more at that moment when mm-hmm. um, working in the all, background, a bunch yeah. of people come into your home and suddenly you think they're hungry and I want to. I want to. I want to mm-hmm. take care of them. Mm-hmm. Well, as a, a logistics person, I yeah. appreciate Martha. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Even yeah. like her being like, "Listen, if you'd been here earlier, yes. I'm like, yeah. I like yeah. she's too. got she's it. Yeah, she's <laughs> there. Right. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's this is how it on all would have worked yeah. together. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it doesn't mean that she's this homemaker, or that's all she is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think Jesus was just using this mm-hmm. this setting to make a point about. That women are called to learn, mm-hmm. which we like often that. don't mm-hmm. think That's how good. countercultural mm-hmm. this was. The entire Bible mm-hmm. is all about it. We have to look at the culture at the time. Mm-hmm. Men are in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. Women, they they can't. They can't testify in a trial. Mm-hmm. They they have very few rights. And, and their identity is all their identity is all connected. Um, even they can't work. Mm-hmm. 
they have no way to independently. You mean? Right. Oh, right, them. exactly. Yeah. They can't. <laughs> yes, they work all the time, right. just like all scriptural women. <laughs> right. Might yes. Be yes. Offended by that. Right. No kidding. No kidding. But they they can't go out and yeah. and have a. Yeah. run a shop yeah. Or, yeah. Um, yeah. and so we have to always consider how scandalous really Jesus was in the way that he treated women mm-hmm. I mean a, a Pharisee would not have a woman in, in the same room at his feet he wouldn't dream of yeah. that and here mm-hmm. she is and he's, yeah. he's, um, he's actually Praising her, her blessing yeah. her for it. Mm-hmm. That is just so yeah. radical. And I, and I like the way you said this situation, that he was probably using this example of calm down, Martha, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. She's actually doing exactly what she needs to be doing in the sense of showing a contrast between them. Mm-hmm. Not that what you're doing is bad, but what mm-hmm. she's doing is actually good. Mm-hmm. And that was different, countercultural. Hmm. Yeah. I just love the fact that uh, you, Dr. Sue, just brought up the big word learn, women learning, because this to me, and had not thought of it, but but yeah, that's important to me because that's like uh, the gift of Jesus for her, is that yeah. she um, is noted for sitting at his feet and learning what it is that he's teaching at that time, and and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing. That's what women do in seminary. Mm-hmm. That's what we're here. We're here mm-hmm. learning mm-hmm. about the love of God. We're here mm-hmm. learning about Scripture. We're learning about how mm-hmm. to put this into life, practicality, and in ministry. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to just zoom in and focus on that word because it's 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 a word of with huge connotation here yeah. in Scripture. Um, I could move on to Priscilla. We've got that coming up, but I just wanted. I was just. And I was just talking about the two women and the contrast that rests between them. I'm just wondering, just us sitting here at the table and the contrast that rests between us and and the women in the New Testament that we probably kind of, I wouldn't say align yourself with, but someone who sticks out to you Mm. um, in ministry in the New Testament. We just go a little bit broader mm. with that because mm. we could. Yeah, there are a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Were you, For me, were you about to? Not? I love Darkus. Oh, um, I mean, mm-hmm. I love all of them. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but people just don't talk about mm-hmm. her. Tabitha mm-hmm. in Acts. I mean, to, to mm-hmm. me, I mean, um, there were women who prayed for her, who loved her because of the work that she did in ministry, mm-hmm. um, making yeah. um, 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 clothing for yeah. the widows, and and seeing after people and loving them well, right? right? Mm-hmm. And so, long story short, when you look at her story and you see that there were women who prayed for her and when she passed suddenly they sent for Peter to come mm-hmm. and pray for her mm-hmm. and when he came he was able to resurrect her through the yeah. through through the glory of God right mm-hmm. and she so she's that woman mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. she's that woman yeah. that we could look at her and say I would love to be a darkest yeah. that people could pray for me and resurrect mm-hmm. things within me, mm-hmm. right? And take that to the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, in prayer for me. I, I even love the women who loved her well yeah. to know to do that, mm-hmm. you know, who knew Je- who knew mm-hmm. God sure. to do that, yeah. you know. Yes. And so that's one of my mm-hmm. people yeah. who you women who you don't hear a lot about, right. but uh-huh. the story is huge mm-hmm. and it has mm-hmm. a lot, and, and there's a lot mm-hmm. to unpack there with mm-hmm. that story. So if you haven't read it, please no do. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, we love to pick on Euodia and Sanctity. Okay. I, I probably butchered her name. Uh, in Philippians, where P- Paul is writing and saying, okay, let's get them to agree. I need them to agree to stop disagreeing because they're important to the ministry. And I'm, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't have my Bible with me. Uh, but 
we like to just go, oh, look, those two gossipy women, those two, they're catfighting. Like, you can use all the tropes about these two women who are disagreeing that Paul calls them out by name in this communal letter. Tragically Why? for all of time. Right? Yes. right? Don't you love it? Yes. They're probably like, oh, If man. you don't understand, like, who were they that they were worth naming? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were yeah. leaders in the church, mm-hmm. and they were his co-workers. And that's mm-hmm. a big term he uses of Timothy and Titus and mm-hmm. Silas co-workers so when i started looking at that i was like oh so they weren't just these two little troublemakers they were important to mm-hmm. that community mm-hmm. and he needed them to get over what whatever was dividing mm-hmm. them so they could come back together mm-hmm. so that the ministry could move forward and how often does that does that happen you know even in the church right, right. well um, sadly it, we, it does happen yes. <laughs> i know i've read one of your books about right. it and i've experienced it personally right. in ministry so yes. i know <laughs> yes yeah yeah oh my goodness well the woman now she does she is not She's not in the corner. We know her well, but I I love Priscilla, mm-hmm. and I love That's her amazing. because <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, I love that. I mean, think about it. she's a tent maker with her husband and with Paul. They have a little business mm-hmm. together, and can't you just see them sitting around? And they are making tents. And, of course, Paul is just teaching and talking about Jesus. And she is just a sponge, obviously. Mm -hmm. And the first time that that Priscilla and Aquila are mentioned, it's Aquila and Priscilla. I think a couple times. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the time is like six times they're in there. Her name is first, Mm -hmm. which is really interesting. She obviously was a thinker. She obviously, um, she was the one who, when they confronted Apollos, and that's a kind of a crazy, when we got into that, mm-hmm. um, you know, we don't know really the what it says is they, they heard Apollos. She knew and her husband knew that he was a little confused. He was a powerful orator. He had a great future in the church, and he was extremely uh, later, mm-hmm. but he was he was off on some things. And the the passage actually says that he he that that Aquila Priscilla and Aquila, and her name's first, took him aside. Now, a lot of translations say, took him to their home, but that is not in the text, <laughs> which is very interesting, really. And because the argument is made, well, she she was just doing this in private. We really don't know. She could have taken them to their home where a bunch of friends gathered, and that was actually the, the assembly, because they didn't the church. have church buildings. Yeah, there was you the see, church. we look at all this and we say, oh, it's, you know, we think of it in terms of our churches. Mm-hmm. Well, they just have little local houses where they meet. How often do they meet? Maybe they meet every day. Do they have an actual sermon? Maybe not. Maybe they just yeah. have conversation. Yeah. Do they just talk? Mm-hmm. Do women talk too? Mm-hmm. Well, we know they do. <laughs> we know they do, yes, because Paul told them to be quiet sometimes. <laughs> they overdid it a little bit. There it is. Yes. But, I was, you know, I was wondering if we were going to go there. Yeah. But, but really, yeah. I mean, yeah. we just, we, uh, 
she was she's and in that culture and for him obviously she was a co-worker that he highly respected oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he names mm-hmm. her so often yes you know, in different um, ends of letters yes and like that. in a culture yeah. where this was mm-hmm. almost scandalous for a man to have a friend like that mm-hmm. this was a culture where men didn't have friends women friends mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. good yeah, I like her because this, I don't know, it's like the most like in, empowered thing to say, but I really like her because she ministers with her husband. Mm-hmm. And my husband and I both, like we met in seminary mm-hmm. and he's a teaching pastor mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, here at the Hendrick Center and finishing up some doctoral work and that kind of thing. And there's a lot of occasions where he and I get to teach together and oh, that's that kind great. of thing. And we yeah. love it. Like, oh, and, and like, there's just yes. this dynamic between us. And so yeah. I feel yeah. like I look at them and I'm like, yeah. oh, like, yes. they're great models And I'm for probably y'all. like the bossy mm-hmm. one. Be like, <laughs> I'm going to take you aside. <laughs> Theology matters to me. That's and right. Yeah. Off. Yeah. Oh, no. And, and think how God's going to use that absolutely. in yeah. your life. It's wonderful. Yep. Yep. I love that she was concerned about theology. Yeah, I know. Getting it wrong. Yes. Let us get back to what's the real. Yes, and that was important. Important to her, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah, yeah, to both of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. As our time winds down a little bit, women um, of God, just want to get an opportunity to um, ask you guys, you ladies, this question <laughs> before we wrap things up. How have you personally seen the Lord just kind of show up and show out in your ministries? There, oh do you my. have a particular? I mean, I mean, I mean, I know this is just like something that you're saying, like <laughs> so pick a needle talking, in a haystack. Uh, <laughs> well, we've been talking about like all of these different women's mm-hmm. ministries right. of women in scripture. So, like your yeah. own ministries mm-hmm. and how the Lord has used you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, this is very minor, but I'll I'll, I'll go with it because I don't have a position in a church. I'm a volunteer leader. Um, you know, we do what we can, that kind of thing. Every now and then I'll teach a Bible study. But I write for uh, Right Now Media, which is a ministry in and of itself. Uh, and I and I blog. When I get a little passionate about certain thoughts, I will vent through words but not spoken. <laughs> I will write it out until it feels like, okay, this says what I'm feeling. And then I stick it on my blog and go, okay, <laughs> and, you know, well, let's see what happens. Okay, and most of the time it's fine. Nobody, you know, I might get a little pushback or I might not. But I never really know who sees those because mm-hmm. I don't have a huge platform. I don't, you know, I don't even really know who knows any mm-hmm. where my address is, right? Mm-hmm. So not long ago. This week, uh, I got a little text from a friend that I don't see very often, and she was like, hey, I just want you to know, you just keep writing. All your stuff on women is blowing my mind. And I'm like, what? Because to me, I've been studying for so long, and I think everybody knows this stuff. Mm -hmm. And they don't. And so that was just a a sweet little confirmation. And then she had a question for me, have you seen this, and what do you think of that? So, but, (laughs) you know, you just don't know who's hearing you, who's seeing your Mm -hmm. stuff. You guys keep going, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and you also did a class on theology in your church last mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was fun. And yeah. I think I think men were there, too, weren't Not, no? We didn't invite them. You didn't invite them. Okay. <laughs> Not this All time. Right. All we right. had some go, that sounds interesting. We're okay. Like, well, maybe later. All okay. right. All right. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. What about you, Well, Dr. Well, I, I was raised in a non-Christian home. I was a mess. And... Uh, Gosh, if God, if Jesus hadn't well, found me and you too, huh? yes. I mean, I'll, there's a bunch of us around. You know, I never mm-hmm. didn't know what a flannel graph was because mm-hmm. I was 24 by the time I even 
figured out, even started on my road with the Lord. And um, gosh, he has been so faithful and so good. And there have been, uh, there have been times that have been really rough. Um, I was a minister to women in a couple of mega churches, and uh, but it all prepared me. I just look back now and see that everything God has done has been been used and been uh, been there to pour into other people. That's awesome. And mm-hmm. I love pouring into mm-hmm. other people. And I, and see you guys and we only have a ladies, you only have a few minutes left here, but I just want to say that I love that you've poured into me um, here at in seminary. Um, and so I see how your ministries resonate in women like me everywhere, all over, especially for the ones of us who have been blessed to come here to Dallas Theological Seminary. Dr. Sue, you were instrumental in my even getting admitting and admitted and um, taking classes with you and learning um, how to minister to women and to love women well and just reading your books and just seeing you live the life has just been a joy to me. And then Kelly over here, um, you know, in my little book, my little manuscript that I've been writing, Kelly's been instrumental through the years of just having helped me with the editing and that kind of thing and a few of the chapters mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So um, that's not why you're here. <laughs> but you are here for me to just have an opportunity to publicly say thank you, thank you, and to dear sweet Kim here. <laughs> she too, the Hendrick Center, to just take me in and embrace me and give me an opportunity to just buy a podcast here for the table. Uh, podcast has just been a blessing in my life. So it's just a joy to have three beautiful women whom I get the opportunity to see you live out the love of God in your ministry and in your lives. Well, there's it's a beautiful thing to do ministry together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think we're in our individualism, our American individualism, we miss so mm-hmm. much by not mm-hmm. joining like together it. and loving each other well. Mm-hmm. We need each other. We do. And it's mm-hmm. such a joy. I, I'm just grateful to the Lord. For the opportunities, then the doors that he opens, I think, for anyone Mm -hmm. who really wants to serve him. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's right. That's what a good way to end. Mm-hmm. Look, Look at you. <laughs> Tying a nice little bow on it. All right. Well, our time is up, and we just want to thank you, Kelly and Sue, for being mm-hmm. here and for all of the work you put in <laughs> to this study on all of these different women in Scripture. It definitely is a service to the church, and we appreciate it. And we want to thank those of you who are listening for joining us today and hanging with us all the way through Scripture and all lots of ladies and we just ask that you be sure and join us next time when we discuss issues of God and culture. Thanks for listening to The Table Podcast. Dallas Theological Seminary. Teach truth. Love well.